Welcome to the podcast, Nerds and Friends. Today we have Lindsay Kinsella joining us from Scotland. Thank you so much for being here today. Really excited to talk with you about your book, uh, which is The Lazarus Taxa. Great title. Very excited to hear about it. Thank you, um, and yeah, thank you, thank you for having me. I'm, of I'm course, excited. this is this is cool. Yeah, um, yeah. So the Lazarus Taxa that is that is my first novel. Um, and yeah, it's a, it's, a, it's a kind of grounded sci-fi novel. Um, follows what is the, the first scientific expedition through time. Um, oh, that's so, cool. Yeah, so we, we have a look at what kind of early time travel technology would be like. So there are, there are bugs. It's not very good. It's, it's, not, um, it's not super effective as yeah. of yet. Um, and and we, we, we find ourselves travel back sixty eight million years to the end of the Cretaceous period. And yeah, we, we, we I take a kind of up to date, modern, kind of realistic look at how dinosaurs are presented. Um yeah, it's um it's 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 interesting. It's it's finding the, the, the right line between being realistic but being fun at the same time. Yeah. Um, so uh, yeah, yeah, that's, that's really cool. Uh, that's that's the synopsis. That's great. <laughs> I know the idea of you know humans interacting with dinosaurs is something that's just so intriguing and fun to explore. Uh, did you have to do a lot of research uh, to to prepare for the novel? I I did I did I think what what I keep kind of saying on that front is that I I began researching the, the novel about. 15, 20 years before I knew I was going to write it because um, oh, wow. I've, I've always been a huge kind of dinosaur nerd. That's awesome. Um, and, and yeah, I think and that's, that's really what, what led me to write the book in the first place is that I had all this, I knew all this cool stuff yeah. and no one else was using it. No one else... I mean, obviously, the, there is the, the obvious movie franchise, which <laughs> yes. we all know. Other than that, no one was really making use of it. And it's all so cool. And I just felt that it, it needed to be told from a different perspective other than, you know, one franchise, which is now about 30 years out of date and continues to be. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, the... the Are you there, Lindsay? There was a lot of research, but I, oh, have, have you lost me? Uh, it froze for just a second, but you're good. Good. <laughs> Let me make sure. I think it's on. Okay, no, yeah. My internet was being weird for a second, so it's on my end. Sorry about that. That's okay. That's okay. <laughs> um, but yeah, like I said, I had, I, had a, I had a solid foundation of knowledge to build on. Um, there was still a lot of research, but it was it was details. It was details. So yeah. it was, um, probably the easier part of the research that I had to do. Yeah. With other research, did you have to look into like concepts of like the theories of time travel and stuff like that to kind of, yeah. Yeah. I I skimmed over that a little. (laughs) 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 It it was very, that that was a very difficult area to to do and and to present in a realistic way because I have to present it in a way that people who understand physics better than I do which is probably most people don't 
think it sounds stupid. Uh, and the, the reality is, once once you look into it, um, everyone who knows what they're talking about effectively agrees that time travel is physically impossible. It doesn't matter what your technology level is like. Right. So I had to find a way to do something which is physically impossible, as is agreed by all of the greatest minds in the world, and not make it sound ridiculous. <laughs> that's, a, <laughs> that's a task right there. Was, yeah. The easiest way to do that was to be quite vague and, and kind of let the reader fill in the gaps. Yeah. Um, that's yeah, a good that, approach. That the, that's a good approach. I hope so. I hope so. I yeah. hope it doesn't just come across as lazy. That's not. That's no, not I think. Yeah, you got to be very careful with what you leave vague and what you specify when it comes to things that are. You had to be hypothetically believable, but it goes against the the science, like you said. So yeah, that's that's a fascinating line to walk as a writer. You know, it is because you you can be too specific um, yep. to the point where you're just wrong. Um, right. So. Um, yeah, I actually found some of the more difficult stuff to research was was medical aspects. Oh, yeah. um, my um, my fiance is a nurse, and upon reading certain chapters, she informed me that most of my characters had died several times over, um, and should should not be alive. Um, I am now horrified at how fragile the human body is. But, um, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that that was probably the area that I learned most on when I was researching, just because, um, yeah, she she then talked me through, you know, medical procedures and yeah. Um, I, I now know that when someone gets stitched up, they solder it and it smells like beef. I'd not really? known that before. No, I didn't know that either. <laughs> I'm not sure I wanted to know that, but I do know it now. <laughs> And now anyone who reads the book will also know that. Um, if I have to be haunted by it, so does everyone else. <laughs> That's fair. <laughs> well, I was going to ask, I, I figured that a lot of your characters are in dangerous situations, being that from the synopsis, it sounds like they've gone back to being in a, an environment that is native to the dinosaurs. So I figure that's a very hostile environment for humans to be in. It, it, it is, and that's... I think that was that was why I opted for the time travel route because I really wanted to show dinosaurs in their natural environment, yeah. and I wanted to show them as you know as animals and not just kind of Hollywood monsters. Yeah, you know, I wanted them to behave normally, so I wanted to take certain tropes that have become common with dinosaurs and and move them out. You know, the the idea that that you know carnivorous dinosaurs just want to eat you all the time. It's not always the case. Yeah. You're probably not that big a meal to some of them. And, and then the Good idea point. that, you know, herbivorous dinosaurs, well, they'll they'll leave you alone because they only eat vegetables. Um, these these people have never come across a buffalo or a bull when they, you know. <laughs> yeah. Um, so yeah, I, I wanted to do that, and and then also like we were talking about with the, the time travel being quite rudimentary at this point it's quite industrial you can't just time travel willy-nilly it, it takes you back there and, and you're stuck there for six months while oh. it you know, recharges itself so there's that sort of isolation while you're there as well you, you can't just jump back to the modern day whenever uh, things get rough i like that that's cool yeah um yeah i, I like that I, I wanted to take a different take on on time travel because i feel like often and 
sci-fi time travel can be a little lazy sometimes. Yeah. Um, it, it can become just a way to, to, to reverse corners that you've written yourself into previously. Or, yeah. Um, or or bring back half fun. your superhero franchise so you can keep selling toys. <laughs> you know. <laughs> Don't know what you're referring to there. <laughs> Let's not get food. <laughs> I get uh, too um, controversial on here. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yes, that is a very good example of um, being lazy with time travel. And I wanted to make sure that not only that I didn't do that, but I removed any temptation to do that. And I, yeah. I wrote a very specific set of rules around time travel that made it not very effective for a storytelling perspective. And I find as a writer that when, yeah, when something is unreliable or has lots of facets that you need to consider, it makes your writing, it, it forces you to be more creative with it. So that's a really smart way to do it. Yeah, yeah, I think so. And and I think it also it avoids any kind of plot holes creeping into. Sometimes the time travel is too effective. You know, you could have a reader going, well, well, why don't they just go back in time again at this point? And, and you have to be like, because that would have been boring. Uh, yeah. so, <laughs> you, know, you have to make sure that that's not a solution, that you, you, that doesn't become a plot hole in your story. Yeah. No, I love that idea that they're waiting for it to recharge so I can take them back and they have to, like, survive until then. That that adds a lot of uh, a sense of urgency and like drive to survive and I, I like that a lot yeah I, I wanted to make the the the, the team of, of primary characters there feel quite isolated and quite alone and and you know they don't have they don't have contact with the modern day either you know they're, they're very much on their own yeah. I think that adds to that adds to the, the tension oh absolutely yeah that's awesome well, to talk about your writing process some more, I was wondering, um, you know, we kind of uh, ask all of our guests, are you a plotter or a pantser? You know, do you outline or do you just kind of go for it and, and write and kind of see where your story takes you? I was curious which uh, which of those uh, ballparks you fall into. Um, so with with this book, um, I, I, I very much pantsed this one. Nice. Um, I, I think that was mostly just because it was my, my first book. And I think I began to write it before I really knew where I was going. Um, I'm I'm not sure that that actually suits me as a process because now with the, with the book that I'm writing at the moment, I very much planned that out a bit more meticulously. I mean, things still change as you write, you know, yeah. and as characters develop, you, you begin to you know go off in different directions, and you know, you let the character drive it a little. Yeah. But within a tighter framework this time, um, because the Lazarus Taxa took me almost two years to write, and I think most of that time was was rewrites. Yeah, because you know it, it, it either parts didn't make sense anymore, or it just didn't really tell the story I wanted it to tell anymore, and I had to go back and change a lot. Yeah. So yeah, I think going forward, I will plot. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I, I did a similar thing with my first book where I, I, I pantsed a lot of it, and then for my second book, I had a pretty good outline that I adhered to, which helped a lot. So. Yeah, I think it's I think it's easier with 
the second book in that sense, though, because, uh, I mean, if you're anything like me, you probably spent the whole time writing the first book also in your head, coming up <laughs> with ideas for the second. So by the time I sat down to, wrote the, to write the second book, I already had a plan in mind. Yep, uh, I'm the same way. <laughs> yeah. yeah, It's just it's just how it goes. Um, yeah, that's awesome. So, um, yeah, yeah, hence this one, but probably won't again because it was stressful. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's good to like when when you get stuck, when you know what your objective is, where you're going. It helps a lot to break through any any stuck points. You know, it, it does, and you know you can. You, you can still branch off, but you you know that you you have an end point to to work back towards. You you can you can steer it back again. Yeah. Um. Whereas yeah, if you completely pants it, it's, I mean, I didn't know how it was going to end when I first started to write it. <laughs> yeah. Um. And what that meant is that I wrote the ending about four different times. So, um. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Endings are hard. You want to really bring that catharsis and completion and like leave the reader with something it's it's daunting you know it is it is and there are always a number of ways to go and i think um mm. you, you can you can go with the sort of happy ending you you can I, i'm always tempted to end on a really dark note and just you know i have to I have to dial myself back a little yeah and i'll be like no don't don't kill everyone <laughs> <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Okay. And it's yeah, finding the balance. You know, you, you don't want to completely put the reader off and leave them on a total downer. Yeah. But also, completely happy endings, particularly for a book where I aimed for quite a realistic approach. Right. Aren't very realistic. So, yeah. yeah. There's a middle ground. That's good. Well, I'm excited to, to see your middle ground when I read your book because it sounds really neat. The idea of people surviving in a totally hostile environment where there are no other humans, just it's, it's riveting. It's exciting. I got goosebumps thinking about it. You know, that sounds really cool. So uh, let our listeners know where uh, they can find your book. I know it's on Amazon. That's where I'm looking at it right now. Uh, where else can they find it? Um, it's, it's also on um, Barnes and Noble. Oh, very and, cool. Um, you can pick it up as an ebook on Google play. Oh, awesome. That's great. Yeah. Very cool. Um, yeah, it's interesting. Just, just I'll just, I'll just spam it out there until a Google search brings up only my book. That's there you go. <laughs> That's all we can do as indie authors, right? Is just <laughs> keep putting our stuff out there. <laughs> that's uh, that's the plan. But um, yeah, certainly it's. Um, I think Barnes and Noble has quite a wide distribution range, although not not that their postage fees are always too kind. Yeah. I think from effectively anywhere in the world, you can now buy a, a physical copy. That's awesome. That's really cool. Yeah. Um, if anyone watching is somewhere where you can't, let me know and I'll figure yeah. it out. Yeah, we'll put links to, to Lindsay's social media and to his books where you can buy them online in the podcast description. So check that out uh, below the video or below the audio that you're listening to. So, yeah. No, that's awesome. We'll we'll make sure that we uh we get your book out there because it sounds really neat. So I'm excited to read it. Yeah, yeah no, uh, thank you. That's yeah. um that's really good. I hope I hope people enjoy it. I hope you enjoy it. Yeah, I'm excited for sure. I haven't I haven't read a good dinosaur story in a long time, so I'm really stoked to read something different. You know. Yeah, well, the, there aren't too many out there, which I think is um what what led me to do it. Uh, yeah, there was a. 
there was a gap. It felt like something that was being underutilized by by not just authors, but you know, popular media in general. Yeah, no, that's great as a storyteller when you see a gap where you're like, I want more stories there for me, and then you can provide it to others as well. That's really, really gratifying. Yeah, well, that, that was exactly it. Uh, I wanted to see more dinosaurs, and uh, no one else was, was really doing it, or not many people were doing it, and not in the way that I wanted to see it. Absolutely. Yeah, yeah. so um, we, we had a guest um, in an earlier episode of our podcast who's a paleontologist named Trevor S. Vale. And so if we do another podcast with him, I'd love to invite you onto that so you guys can really get into the nitty-gritty of dinosaur science. I think that'd be really fun for our viewers. I I would absolutely love to geek out about dinosaurs. With, yes, with we're going we're gonna to make that happen then. That'd be great. That, that would be excellent. I would enjoy that. Um, yeah, we might not want to get too too detailed, or we might bore your your listeners. <laughs> or the cool listeners will be like, "This is exactly what I wanted," and they'll be extra excited. That's true. That's, That's true. true. Yes, this is nerds and friends, that. so we like we encourage nerding out. <laughs> That's very true. That's very true. Um, yeah. You know that that would be brilliant because that's, um, that's something that you don't get an opportunity to do much. Um, right. You know, um, most most people, if you bring up dinosaurs, most people are like, oh yeah, that'll be T Rex and. <laughs> There's so many more. Yeah, yeah. there's a. Yeah. I went to a dinosaur museum recently. Not recently. It was just before the pandemic in uh in Utah. They have a really great in Salt Lake City, a really great dinosaur museum uh, with a lot of um you know a lot of bones that they found there in that area, and it was really really neat to go to. Yeah. So. Uh, Utah has excellent excellent fossil um, specimens, and, yeah. and in fact, uh, a lot of the um, a lot of the, the dinosaurs included in the Lazarus facts are not necessarily from Utah specifically, but certainly from um, North America. It's, it's, it's set in, in modern-day Colorado. Oh, that's where I'm from, Colorado Springs. That's awesome. Is it? Yeah, <laughs> well, that's my hometown, yeah. Yeah, um, yeah it's, uh, it's, it's set roughly around modern-day Denver. So. Oh, that's awesome. Um, but, obviously. Then they go back in time. <laughs> Damn, that's so cool. And and that, that was purely based on the fact that that's where we have such a, a, a rich fossil base. You know, we know so much about the animals that lived at that time. And it also gave the opportunity to, to kind of present some well-known dinosaurs, because that's where a lot of them are from, because a lot of the famous fossils come from, you know, North America, like Cretaceous. Yeah. Kind of present them in a new way, you know, present dinosaurs that people think they know, but differently. Um, That's so cool. Yeah, that was that was that was a thought. Um, and and you know, I have plenty of thoughts for for follow up books, which will look at different eras of time. Um, oh, cool. Um, yeah, I think for the follow ups a while away because I'm working on a different project first, but certainly <laughs> yeah. I would like to look at. Um, I'd, I'd like to look at the, the, the Permian period, which is what predates the dinosaurs. And that was a time where the largest animals around were, were like kind of proto-mammals. Oh. Most, people don't, most people don't know about, um, you know, the, the, these were kind of giant 
kind of lizard-looking creatures, I suppose would be best to explain them to people, but they were more closely related to, to you know, you and me than they were to dinosaurs. And, and wow. these, these were the biggest predators in the world at the time. I'd love to tell a story about those kind of creatures, the kind of animals that people just don't know about. They're so cool. Yeah. Um, oh, that's fascinating. And that, yeah. that's that's before dinosaurs became the predominant animal on the planet. It was... That's that's exactly it, and and wow. really, dinosaurs got their opportunity because there was a huge extinction event at the end. The Permian killed like ninety percent of life on Earth. Do do we know what what that extinction event was, or no? We 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 have ideas. Um, I think the the leading theory is that it was volcanic. So that there's uh-huh. a an area known as the Siberian Traps, which was um, a volcano. Uh, See if I can get my facts right on this. Someone might correct me on this, but um, <laughs> from what I remember, this was a, a super volcano which left a lava lake the size of Mexico. Whoa! And it, and it churned out so much carbon dioxide and, and sulfur that the temperature of the planet skyrocketed. The seas became acidic. Um, wow. So that's the leading thing. Um, that sounds and, pretty and, brutal. And yeah, well, that's that's also the kind of thing that I touch upon in the book. I, I like to take little short kind of inter chapters to talk about just some really cool paleo stuff you know we, yeah. we take a little break from the story every now and then and i like to tie it in they're like little segues that's cool we're, we're, we just talk about cool dinosaur stuff and cool paleo stuff oh, that's brilliant um, i love it yeah yeah it was those were fun those were fun to write because and that's you know, that's what I really wanted to get out of the book, to, to, to bring these these really awesome aspects of natural history that, that most people don't know about. And I, I, I wish we did, because they're cool. I want everyone else to enjoy them, just yeah. like I do. It just fascinates the mind, the things that can happen in this part of the universe that we call home. is just like, wow, like those kind of massive events can take place, and it just... It's just an interesting perspective. I love talking about it. Yeah, it's, it's cool. And it's, it's the sheer expanse of time as well. It's, it's so difficult yeah. to, to to wrap your head around, you know. And um, I think I think it comes down to the fact that the, the brain can't quite crap, wrap itself around, you know, how big a million really is. You know, we talk about a million years. And, and then before long, when you're talking about geological history, you're soon talking about 100 million years 400 million years and it's at that point um, yeah the brain just kind of is just like ah <laughs> <laughs> yeah it doesn't it doesn't understand and that's we're not we're not evolved that way at no point in human history did we ever was there ever a pressure for us to be able to count to a million we never had to do it right um, um but yeah, it's it's interesting to just try and grapple with that. Yeah. Yeah. It's good fun. So cool. So great. <laughs> well, Lindsay, thank you so much for coming on the podcast. It was a pleasure talking to you. And uh can't wait to have you on again. Uh we'll link you up with our paleontologist friend Trevor. We can have a really good conversation. And to everyone who's listened, go te- check out the Lazarus Taxa. I can't wait to. It's going in my Amazon cart right after this. So uh really appreciate your time coming on, man. This is awesome. No, that's 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 brilliant. Thank you very much for having me. Have, of have course. Fun. Yeah, for sure. Thanks so much. Excellent. Thank you.